0: The other day, I came across a recent Facebook video by Jacques Pepin, the 84-year-old master chef, recorded during this pandemic in the kitchen of his Connecticut home. In five minutes, he shows you how to make good, simple food using what you already have in your kitchen and your pantry. In this episode, he made pizzas out of flour tortillas some olive oil, sliced tomatoes, thin sliced sweet onions, fresh basil leaves, a little salt, and some grated Monterey cheese. Warm in a 400-degree oven for 15 minutes, he said. Simple and delicious, a little feast made from what scraps of food you already have. Don't need to take a trip to the store during this pandemic. Use what you have. Reading our story from Acts, I thought of Jacques Pepin's advice. Use what you have. Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray, like Jesus before them. They see a lame man, lame since birth, a man who has never had the strength to stand on his legs, let alone walk on them. The muscles have wasted away. His legs are useless. He is being carried to the beautiful gate of the temple. He is carried there every day, and there he begs for alms from those passing by. Today, I suppose he would have a hand lettered cardboard sign that read Lame since birth, can't work. Need food? Anything will help. Thank you. God bless. As people walk by, he searches their eyes, hoping they'll look at him and not look away, as people usually do when they walk past a beggar. He is sitting by the beautiful gate, an elaborate entrance with doors of bronze a gate that must be passed through as people make their way to the temple. Prime place for a beggar. Seeing Peter and John, he shakes his cup, lifts his cardboard sign. Peter and John stop. The text tells us that Peter looked intently at him. He didn't look away. The sense of the Greek word here is that Peter and John look directly into his eyes. And when you look directly into someone's eyes, you see a person, not a beggar. Most people on their way into the temple saw a beggar. They saw his useless legs. They saw a pathetic man. And then they looked away. But Peter and John see him. It's hard to look into the face of someone who is hopeless. It can stir up the fear and hopelessness inside your heart, hidden in darkness. It's much easier to look away. The beggar looks out from his hopelessness and Peter and John look into it. It is at the intersection of our hope and someone else's hopelessness that God's mercy is revealed. Look at us, Peter tells the beggar. Look at us. Maybe he had looked down as beggars do, preparing for rejection, cushioning the inevitable disappointment. But Peter calls to him and he looks up. His eyes fix on Peter and John. In that moment, all distractions are pushed aside. He looks at them expecting to get something from them. In his commentary on the book of Acts, Luke Timothy Johnson says that giving alms to the poor and destitute was an important expression of doing justice in Judaism. It was a mitzvah, a merciful act done in obedience to the commandments. This is the setup for what comes next. And there it goes to what really matters. We come back to Jacques Pepin's cooking advice in the midst of a stay-at-home pandemic. Don't have the ingredients you thought? Use what you have. You already have the makings of a feast. Use what you have. I have no silver or gold, Peter tells him but what I have, I give to you. Peter does not give him silver or gold, just a few fragments of God's mercy in Jesus, the leftovers of the resurrection, which are enough to raise up the lame and the brokenhearted. It is in the ordinary and the unexpected that the power of the resurrection is revealed and uncovered. Use what you have, and give it to others. What I have, I give to you, Peter said. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter has nothing but the name of the risen Christ. In that name, he takes the beggar's hand and raises him to his feet, The use of the language of resurrection here by Luke is deliberate. The man, like so many of us, was dead in his broken hopes, dead in his disappointment, his life determined by what had always been, his useless legs, a daily reminder of his helplessness and his hopelessness. But Peter uses what he has. He does not give the man what he expects. Instead, he raises him up. The man stands on his own, looking down at what were useless legs. He slowly begins to walk, and then he runs, and then he leaps, and he praises God. Isaiah, giving hope to those in desolation, tells them they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of God. Strengthen weak hands, make firm feeble knees, he is told. Say to those of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear, here is your God. He will come with a vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Vengeance and a terrible recompense are not at the top of my list when I talk about God. But then I think about all the unanswered evil, all the cruelty, all the suffering, all the injustice, all the broken hearts and the broken lives and broken hopes, and I think, well, maybe we need a little vengeance and terrible recompense especially when it comes to our old enemy, Death, who seems always to have his way. And then I remember that God brought vengeance and a terrible recompense to death himself through the death and resurrection of Jesus. In Martin Luther's Easter hymn, Christ lag in Todesbanden," banden, Christ lay bound by death, are these words, it was a fierce and dreadful fight when life and death contended, for death was swallowed up by life, and all his power was ended. Vengeance and recompense came through death and resurrection. In the Marvel Universe, Christ would be Iron Man to death's Thanos. In the Creed, we declare that Christ was crucified dead, really dead, and was buried, and he descended into hell. There he broke death's power. God used what he had. God used death to destroy death. Think about that. Jesus did not give his disciples silver and gold. He gave them what he had. He gave them his life and his death. He gave them the cross. Want to be my disciple, he said, take up your cross and follow me. He gave them an empty tomb. He came looking for them in the midst of grief. He broke bread and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. In the midst of this pandemic, remember that all is not lost. The battle has already been won. Death and suffering will not have the last word. Isaiah says, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of those who are speechless shall sing for joy. In our reading from Luke's gospel, John the Baptist sent a couple of his disciples to Jesus to ask him a question. Are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind can see, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the poor hear good news. Peter and John's encounter with the lame man in Acts 3 is part of the same story, a reminder of what has already come and what is still to come when you use what you have in the name of Jesus. What I have, I give to you. What you have, God has given to you to give to others. You may not think it's much, but you already have what you need. We live in a world that is wonderful and terrible at the same time, a world filled with joy and intimacy and laughter and love, but also a world of pain and suffering where good people die. And while we might wish we could make bad things go away with a prayer, life isn't like that. I've never made anyone who is blind able to see. I've never made anyone who is deaf able to hear. I've never made someone who is lame walk. I've never cured anyone with a terminal illness. I've never raised anyone from the dead and I've never before lived through a pandemic. This is uncharted territory for all of us. We have lost control of our lives, at least for now, to something we cannot see. There is at present no cure, no vaccine. We are told to keep to ourselves and keep our wits as best we can. We are asked to use our freedom to protect, not endanger each other. Wouldn't it be nice if Peter and John would walk down the street and snap their fingers and make it all go away? But that's not going to happen. Drinking bleach won't do it either. But one thing is certain. God has already given us what we need to love each other through the dark unknown. We only need to use what we have. Give that love to each other. In my last quarter of graduate school, I spent 12 weeks as a chaplain at Loyola Medical Center west of Chicago. It was a teaching hospital, a place of critical care and severe trauma and treatments for those who were desperately ill. Death was a part of life at the hospital. I was the chaplain on a cancer unit and I learned to be with people in their fear and in their dying and in their grieving. I learned to listen. I learned I couldn't fix anything. I couldn't change anything but I walked with people through the valley of the shadow of death. More days than not, my heart pounded within me. Nothing had prepared me for this. I didn't know what to do. I asked other chaplains what I needed to know about death and dying. They told me I'd find out soon enough. You already have what you need, my mentor chaplain. A Jesuit priest told me, use what you have. I asked him if he would walk alongside me the first night I was on call. He agreed, but nothing happened that night. Nothing. I didn't need him at all. The following week he was gone and all hell broke loose. I was alone. There were three deaths that night two of them at the same time on different floors. I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it anyway. Much to my surprise, I was a refuge for people in the midst of death. The words of my mentor came back to me that night. God has already given you everything you need. Use what you have. The most powerful experience in my chaplaincy happened one night when I was called to the room of a young woman in the last desperate stages of cancer. She took my hand and she held it tightly. She held it so tightly, it was almost as if she believed that if she didn't let go, she wouldn't die. She pulled me toward her looked into my eyes and she asked, Why am I dying? I sat there quietly with her. I don't know why you are dying, I said, but you are not alone. I held her hand for a long time until she was ready to let go. What I learned in those weeks was that God will give you what you need when you need it. And when the time comes, use what you have. The most precious gift you can give to others is yourself. And in you and through you, the presence of Christ. In the days and weeks and months ahead, whatever comes, trust God, love each other, And use what you have. Amen.